praise the Lord. This morning we are going to be talking about divine restoration. Divine restoration. And the Bible passages Deuteronomy 33 to 14. And I will read it from the New Living Translation. Or you, you read King James, but I'm going to read New Living Translation because I don't understand big English. Thou knowest, thou saidest, I just like it simple. So I'm going to read the basic one for we that are just learning English. Praise the Lord. So Deuteronomy chapter 33 to 14. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. Amen. He will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where he has scattered you. Even though you are banished to the ends of the earth, the Lord your God will gather you from there and bring you back again. The Lord your God will return you to the land that belonged to your ancestors and you will possess that land again. Amen. Then it will make you even more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. Amen. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and soul and so you may live. The Lord your God will inflict all these causes on your enemies and on those who hate you and persecute you, then you will again obey the Lord and keep all his commands that I am giving you today. I'm going to stop there because of our time. So, we are talking about divine restoration. Why did I add the word divine to it? The reason why I had the word divine to it is that I understand that man may restore. But any restoration, if I say I want to restore something back to you, I cannot go beyond my capacity. Because of my limited nature, I am a finite being, I am a limited being. I cannot restore you beyond my own ability. But when it is divine, it is limitless, it is boundless. So that's why we are talking about divine restoration. You see, I looked at the, the dictionary meaning of restoration. They say bringing back to the original position. That is the English definition or the ordinary definition. But when you are talking about the, the definition, biblically, when it is divine, when God restitutes, he doesn't return you back to the original position. He makes you better. Praise the Lord. That was why the latter end of Job was greater than his beginning. And I began to look at the issue of restoration. And I saw in the Bible that restoration is not even a human idea. God is the author of restoration. From the beginning in the book of Genesis, we began to see the work of restoration. Genesis chapter 1, when he created the world, 
Bible says, God created the heaven and the heart, and the heart was without form. It was void. And he said that there was darkness over the heart, and the Spirit of God was moving over the waters or the seas. And God said, let there be light. That was the beginning of restoration. And I was looking at it and said, if we say restoration, you are returning back to the original. So how do you say it started with restoration? And the Holy Spirit started telling me, go and look at the synonyms for restoration. Go and look at the synonyms for restoration. You will see that restoration started with the Almighty God. When you look at the synonyms for restoration, it talks about rebuilding. The heart was without form. It began to rebuild. It means repairing. It began to repair. It means refurbishing. It started refurbishing. It means reconditioning. It started reconditioning the world. So, restoration is a divine idea. It started with the almighty God. So, I want you to have that understanding that the one that is restoring is not a man. He is God. And he has promised us to restore. And he will restore in the name of Jesus. Whatever you might have lost, it will restore in the name of Jesus. You see, synonyms is, is reconditioning. It means rehabilitation, re rehabilitation, rebuilding, reconstruction, remodeling, redecoration. I pray for you this morning that the Almighty God will begin to remodel your life in the name of Jesus. When you go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, think verse 3 there. When he was talking about faith, and he said, we understood that God mended different translations, repaired the world by his word. That was in the beginning. He fixed the world by his word. He restored the world by his word. So what is the point I'm making? Restoration is a divine idea. It started with the Almighty God. And another thing I discover, because it is a divine idea, I looked at the scriptures and I began to discover that God's concept or idea or principle of restoration is that when a thief is caught, when a thief steals something and the thief is caught, the thief will repay double. Praise the Lord. So that is why restoration does not restore you to original position. It makes you to be better. And it is my prayer for you this morning that whatever you might have lost, the God of heaven will restore double for you in the name of Jesus. No wonder he said in the book of Isaiah and Zechariah too, he says, I will restore double for you. Say, come out of your prison, you prisoners that have hope. He says, I will repay you double for your trouble. So it is scriptural that when you lost anything, God will restore double to you. And he's restoring double for you in the name of Jesus. No wonder Jesus Christ said that the agenda of the thief 
the devil is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But he says, I come that you may have life. That is restoration. But it goes beyond that. So that you have it more abundantly. Not just life. The devil came to steal. Yes, he stole. But he said, he's not going to restore just mere life to you, but abundant life. And that abundant life is your portion in the name of Jesus. That abundant life is your portion in the name of Jesus. So what are the things that God can restore? I'm going to look at about 10 of them. Just rush through them. The first thing he restores is that it can restore wasted years. Joel chapter 2 verse 25. Maybe you have wasted your youth. And you are thinking, what will happen to me? It can restore wasted years. I've seen it happen over and over again. When I was in the when I was younger, I wasn't born again. So when others were in the university, when people would be going to fellowship, my own fellowship is the shrine. Kegat Shrine. So, I only went to fellowship. I wasn't even fellowship. The first day I got to campus, uh, celestial people just came and invited me. And I just went there. That was the first time and the last time that I went to anything called fellowship. Mine is 24-7 shrine. You get drunk, smoke, smoke weed, smoke cigarette. And... By the time I became born again, I was lecturing at Obafemiwolo University. And I was the exam officer for my department. And those of us that are conversant with OAU, the student union building, that's where philosophy department, that's where we do our, we print the exam questions and all the rest. And I sat I was there that evening doing all the questions for the exams. And we teach, in one of the classes I, I co-teach was a very large class of about 6,000 students. So we had a lot, that's the course of Philosophy 101. So I just came out and when I got out, they were preparing for exam. The whole place was charged. And they were singing. It was so powerful. And I looked at my life. People were there. I just busted in the tears. And I began to look at myself. So you were on this campus. And this type of thing usually takes place. And you are always in the shrine. You have lost. So I thought that I've wasted my life. Then I was, I was born again, but just coming up. And I thought I couldn't amount to anything again. 
in the kingdom because I've wasted my youthful years. But I discover that God is the God of restoration. Even people that went ahead of me, I overtook them. Within a very short, even the person that introduced me to Christ, by the time I saw him three years after or thereabout, he was still reading Jeffrey Archer. And me, I don't even read all those type of things. My own was, I'm not a mathematical person. Is it 180 degree turn? Everything just changed. And before I became born again, somebody that smokes weed, what do you expect? I go to jump. Most of you may not know what it means. When obesity, shaura, those are the people in there. Those are our own days. I don't know if it's Pasuma now. So, but the point I'm making is that it can restore wasted years. I don't know what you have done in the time past and you are thinking that the time is gone. God will restore your wasted years in the name of Jesus. You may think that you have mad time, you stay too long in a position, but God will restore your wasted years in the name of Jesus. You see, Christianity is so practical. When I preach, I talk of the things that I've experienced so that you understand that Christianity is not a theory. It's a life experience. Christianity is a living religion. It's a living, it's a way of life, not a religion. I was in a program, a master's program at OAU. And then it was very erratic then. The program was supposed to take two years. But one ASU strike, ASU means academic staff union of university, so that you understand it, because we are in Canada, so that you understand and a program of two years took five years. And I began to pray. Lord, what is happening? I serve you. I do your will. What sin have I committed? And all my friends that we worked together, because before going to the academics, I used to work in a bank. But God said, going to the academics. But all my friends that were in the banks, they've risen very high. And in the academics, I was still doing masters. Obasan Joe was the president then. He stopped the salary, and we suffered. All the chicken we, we arrived early, we finished them. And it was as if I was wasting my years. But God had a special plan. By the time Asu called us strike, after about three years, I spent five years in the program, I just applied to some universities. The moment that my result was released, I just applied to some universities of the country. And admission started coming in. And Yorve gave me a very good admission with a very good scholarship. They paid my tuition and every month they gave me 1,800 tax free. So when I came, I now asked them, I said, 
What happened? Some of my colleagues in the department, they applied there before me. They made first class. You did not give them admission with many papers. They said all the years they had been applying, there was no funding. I said, why did you, what of my own, what happened? They said, the, when, you, when you applied, you know, we called you. They, are the, they were the one that called me. I just inquired, I want to do PhD here. And they did not respond. After the application closed, they now called me. They called me in Nigeria. I said, you said you are interested in the program. We did not see your application. I said, you did not respond. They said, apply now. I said, it is closed. We will consider your application. And they gave me the admission. And they gave me such a big scholarship. I thought I had wasted my life and my time coming to the academics. But God restored those wasted years. I thought it was wasted, but God turned it for good. I don't know how long you have marked time in that spot. And it's as if you have wasted your years. The God of restoration will restore. And he will give you better. Double for your trouble. In the name of Jesus. He restores wasted years. He can restore your strength and your youthfulness. He restores strength. Psalm 103, verse 5. It says, He renews your youth like that of the eagle, too. Isaiah 40, that one says that you will mount up with wings. Like ego. He restores your strength. He restores your youthfulness. Remember the story of Sarah. The Bible said she and her husband were well stricken in age. Her situation was beyond menopause. Her home was menostop. But God corrected the men will stop. He restores our youthfulness. The Bible said it was not, it was not like the manner of women for her again. She was already a man. And even the husband too, the body is not kick, was not kicking again. But when God restored their strength, the child of promise came. I pray for you today that the Lord God will restore your strength. He will restore your youth like that of the eagle in the name of Jesus. The Lord restores health. Jeremiah 30, 17. He says, I will restore health unto you. Maybe you have one ailment or the other. I want you to trust the God of heaven that he will restore your health in the name of Jesus. You see, towards the middle of last year, I went for my medical checkup. And my family doctor told me, he said, Pastor, this one is not the issue of Pastor now. Your blood sugar has gone up. So, 
I had to put you on metaphor, or metformin, sorry. And he gave me that metformin. And because I did not want to die, <laughs> I was using it. And I spoke to, I say, pharmacist in the church too. The doctor is a member of the church, the pharmacist too. That one now said, Pastor, don't take this thing again. Don't take it. He was the one even preaching to me. He said, don't take it again. He said, just watch your food. But the thing did not go down. December. And I decided, okay. The pharmacist said I shouldn't take it. But he didn't give me solution other than sports. But I don't have time to be running and be jogging every day. He said, okay. You need to trust God for healing. Set myself apart. Whole of December. No food. And when God will have his way again, January came again. They said fasting again. You won't believe it. In the middle of the fast, I just started checking. I was checking my blood sugar. And I discovered that has come down drastically. At a point in time, I was taking pop just to bring the thing up. And I said, maybe it's because of the fast. Some few days ago, three days ago, I checked it again. The thing was so low. It restored my health. I don't know the medical report you have been given. I don't know the diagnosis of the doctor. Whose report are you going to believe? He says, I will restore health unto you. Look at what it says there. He says, I will give you back your health and heal your wound. Says the Lord, for you are called an outcast, Jerusalem, for whom no one cares. He says, says the Lord. It's not says the any man. And it's the one that says it. You can go to the bank with his word. His word is ever sure. The Bible tells me that though the grass withers away and the flower fades away, but his word endures forevermore. The Bible says he's not a man that should lie. Neither is the son of man that will repent of his word. As he said it, will not do it. As he spoke, will not make it do. He says, heaven and heart will pass away. Not an iota of his word shall go to be fulfilled. He said, none of the word that has gone out of my mouth shall tumble void unto me. Until they accomplish that you are pleased and prosper that which has sent them. He says he magnifies his word more than his name. And that makes me to be afraid. If his name is powerful. The Bible says we have for God as I name exalted him. And given him in my above every other name. That the name of Jesus every nation about. Of things in heaven had been in the heart. And every tongue that shall confess. That Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And he says he magnifies his word. As powerful as the name of Jesus is. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous went to you and say. Yet. He magnifies his word more than his name. And he says, I will restore back your health to you. Why not go to the bank with that word? Why not hold on to that word? Has he said it and will he not do it? Has he spoken? Will he not make it good? He has promised to restore health to you. He has done it before. He will do it again. So whatever the report the doctor has said has given you, why not superimpose the eternal word 
the living word. He said, the word that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. It is not a dead word. It was potent in the beginning. And it has not lost its potency till now. And it will work for you. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. What can he restore again? He can restore properties. He can restore fortunes. He can restore prosperity. Second Kings chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. That is the account of the Shunammite woman. The woman that housed Elisha. And the Bible said there was famine in the land. Because of our time, I won't read it. And the Bible said there was famine in the land. And Elisha told that woman, said, go out of the land because there will be serious famine. And there was famine for seven years. And the Bible said, after seven years, the woman came back and she went to the king. And as God will have it, Gehazi was with the king. And the king was asking him, tell me the things that Elisha, your master, did. He said he raised the dead, yes. And as he was narrating the account of how the Shunammite woman's son was raised, the woman walked in and said, this is the woman. And they said, are you the woman? He said, yes. What are you here for? My land had been taken. And the king said, restore the land back to her. She came just to get the land and the property. But the king said, every income accrued interest on the land restore back to her. I don't know the property you have lost. I don't know the income you have lost. Maybe it's even a job that you have lost. The God of heaven will restore you back in the name of Jesus. And when they will give to you, it will give you double for your trouble in the name of Jesus. There's a woman in our parish. She just came to me one day after service. So, Pastor, they've asked me to go to the place of work. And normally I'm not the type that talks or jokes like that. And I just said, Congratulations. When I got home, I started thinking, I said, Ayo. You have goofed too. Somebody lost a job. And you said congratulations. And when I said that congratulations, she said, Amen, amen. And I quickly called her back. She said, Hope you are not embarrassed that I said congratulations. It's not that I am more sensitive. I said it as I was led. I don't know what pushed me, but I believe it was the Spirit of God. Two weeks after, that woman came again. Said, Pastor, the Lord had done it. When she came, she got a job. The job she got, the money that she will be getting in a year there is equal to five or six years that she will used to work where they sat down. God 
is my witness. No liar will make heaven. She got a job as an expatriate. And where they took her to, the, even the currency was stronger than that of Canada. God can restore. Restore prosperity. Restore career. And I speak to somebody here this morning by the Spirit of God. Maybe in your home country you were doing very well. And you came to Canada because you thought it was going to get better. But now, you are living beyond or below the capacity you had in your home country. Speak to you by the reason of the anointing of God. By the power of the God of Rehoboth. That the Lord God is restoring your wealth. Is restoring your career. Maybe you are working, you are doing a survival job now. Below your capacity. The God of real boats will turn around your captivity. He will restore your fortunes back unto you. In the name of Jesus. The Lord God can restore joy. Psalm 51 verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. There are many things that are contending for our joy. But the Almighty God can restore joy. Maybe you are here this morning. There are issues you are going through that you can't even share with the pastor. It may even be as bad as to that you cannot share it with your wife. I remember when I was, in those days that I was on the same spot that Asu was striking, there was no money. The people I used to give money to when I was in the bank, they are the one giving me money now. I become what they call, I'll interpret it, fine bara, dignified begging. They are the one sending money to me. And I would just on my own, I'll be praying, I'll be weeping. God, I've not sinned against you, oh God. I couldn't share it with anybody. And I will be crying. But God, when He will do it, He restored that joy. So, whatever it may be that have been drawing tears from your eyes. Maybe it is something you are able to share or not to share with anybody. Even if you don't share with anybody, the ones that sees the heart knows your pain. You know, a point in time, Zion said, God has forgotten me. He has forsaken me. But when God answered him, he said, no, can a woman forget a suckling child? He said, even some can forget too. Because we've seen people that give birth and go and dump them. But even if they forget, he says, I will not forget you. He says, I have written you on the palm of my hand, and your words are continually ever before me. That 
your silent cry. That pain in your heart, that ought in your heart, that has taken away your joy. The God of real hope will restore that joy back unto you. In the name of Jesus. How many minutes do I have more? So that I can. How many minutes? Five minutes more. Wow. Okay. Let me end with this. Genesis 1. Restoration of image and the character of God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air the cattle and all the hurt, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, created he them. God created man in his image. He created God. He created man in his likeness. So when God created Adam, Adam had God's DNA. If we can use the modern word. And the Bible said, Adam began to live in dominion. The Bible said, and he named all the animals. And the name with which he gave them, that is the name they bear till today. What a honor. He was living a life of glory until Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says the devil that was most subtle, the most subtle, came to Eve. And he said, as God said, that you should not eat of this. And the man said, yes, we can eat everything but this one. And she said, and he said, no. God is deceiving you. He knows that the day that you hit it, you will be like God. And the Bible said, Adam and Eve saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. It was beautiful. And she hurt. Because she wanted to be like God. But the Bible said God created them in his image and likeness. So what is the devil offering her that she wasn't already? She doesn't understand her identity. So we need to understand who we are. They failed because they did not understand their identity. When you now go to Matthew chapter 4, First, Adam fell because of identity crisis. Because he did not know or did not understand that he was made in the image and likeness of God. And he wanted to be like God. He was already made in the image and likeness of God. So, first, Adam fell 
because of identity crisis. Last Adam too, the devil came to him again. So that last Adam too can fall. If you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Ah, and he said, no, I am the son of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. What was Jesus Christ telling him? My identity is not circumstance-based. My identity is not need-based. My identity is by revelation. That is who you are. That was what Adam lost. Adam lost the glory. He lost the image of God. Adam was clothed with glory. But when sin came, he was derobed. And the Bible said, God now clothed him with animal skin. His DNA became corrupted. And because he was clothed with animal skin, they started behaving like animals. No wonder the first seed that came out of that disobedience was Cain. And Cain killed his brother. Because the DNA had been corrupted. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came that he might restore that image. That he might restore that glory. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians 5.18 2 Corinthians 5.18 God's words translation, that's what I'm going to read as I close. It says, God has done all this. He has restored our relationship with him through Christ and has given us the ministry of restoring relationship. Jesus Christ came so that he can restore that image and likeness of God. So that we can go back to that position. Is it in Psalm 8 verse 5 now? Talking about man. And what is man that that mindful of him? And the son of man that that take conscience of him. He said, you have made him little lower than Elohim. That is what Christ has come to do. To restore our image. To restore our glory. To restore the paradise lost. No man could restore it. Praise God. He came to deal with the issue of sin. And it is my prayer this morning that that issue of sin in any life will be dealt with in the name of Jesus. No other person could do it because they needed somebody that was sinless. But no man was found faultless from Father Abraham 
Abraham lied. Moses was given to hunger, though he was the meekest man. David, the psalmist, was an adulterer and a murderer. Every one of them did not meet the standard. Only Jesus Christ, the solution to the same problem. He came to restore image, and that is the principal reason why he came to destroy the works of the devil. In this season of restoration, whatever the devil has destroyed or tampered with in your life, Jesus will answer for you. In the name of Jesus, rise to your feet. And I want you to begin to talk to God. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the work of the devil. The devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I want you to begin to talk to God this morning. Whatever he has stolen from you, begin to demand for it in the name of Jesus. How do I get back what he has stolen in the midst of that pain? In second, in first Samuel chapter 30, the Bible tells me of David recovering all. That recovering all was, it was more than recovering, it was restoration because he got more than what they stole. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Begin to talk to the Almighty God this morning.